Hello there, it's Peter from Nourishing Soulfully and you're listening to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. Now I am currently on maternity leave and whilst I'm on maternity leave I have scheduled up fortnightly podcast episodes taken from the archives of my two other podcasts nourish heal your relationship with food and eat move live intuitively i hope that you find this episode really valuable even if you've listened to it before i really recommend having a listen again just because it can often bring up other stuff and we'll notice different things much like if we read a book again that we maybe hadn't noticed before as always if you could rate and review this podcast it would mean ever so much to me but what would mean even more to me is if you could share this episode if you found it valuable with others because this will help the podcast be found by many many more people remember you can also find so much content on the nourishing soulfully website and the blog at nourishingsoulfully.com and if you're fancying a little bit of self-development a little bit of self-care time and focusing on creating that self-kindness and self-compassion and getting to really know yourself, Elevate, the course in self-kindness is available as a self-paced course even whilst I'm on maternity leave. Head to nourishingselfly.com to find out more and let's delve into this week's episode. Welcome to Nourish, a podcast to support you in healing your relationship with food. This week, I am answering the question, why do I have no willpower with food? I bet you've said the words, I just couldn't help myself when it comes to food. We get annoyed at our lack of willpower. Why aren't we stronger? Why do we have no self-control around food? Why couldn't we resist the urge to eat that slice of chocolate cake and the next one and the next one? To get our heads around this, we need to look at how dieting works. If your immediate thought is, I'm not on a diet, you may well be on some form of a diet if you're annoyed with yourself for a lack of willpower. A diet can be defined by any kind of restriction on food, even if that's just portion size or amount of times you're eating or even just a cut-off time of eating you've created for yourself. When we eat intuitively, our body will tell us when we're hungry, and what we need to eat. We don't have to rely on a diet to do this. In fact, a diet will most likely totally obliterate our ability to eat mindfully. Richard Samba, the financial chairman for Weight Watchers, likened dieting to playing the lottery. If you don't win, you play again. Maybe you'll win a second time. He was asked why the business could be so successful when only 16% of customers maintained the weight they lost. His reply, It's successful because the other 84% have to come back and do it again. That's where the business comes from. According to Weight Watchers, the average member enrolls on four separate program cycles, but they say nothing about how well this works. We all have a set weight range that we naturally return to. As our body adapts to any changes, it works to return us to within that weight range. I would be inclined to suggest that of the 16% who maintain the weight on Weight Watchers, the vast majority of them returned to their set weight range. Let's flip it. Let's look at researchers who took a group of people and wanted to study how efficiently they could make them gain 20% of their body weight and hold on to that weight gain. Some of the people had to eat over 10,000 calories a day in order to gain the weight. 
some people just couldn't gain the weight at all. The participants gained less weight than the scientists predicted they would, and interestingly, they couldn't hold on to that weight without continuing to, at le- to eat at least 2,700 calories a day to maintain it. Otherwise, they lost the weight. If you have trouble losing weight and keeping to a set weight, you've deemed the weight. It isn't because of a lack of willpower. It's probably because this is the weight your body functions best at. We can't ever rely on willpower when it comes to intuitive eating because willpower has nothing to do with it. Willpower means to restrain from doing something. And if your body is telling you it needs to eat now, restraining from doing so isn't going to be a benefit. Willpower is linked to self-control, but scientists have proven that while self-control plays a major role in schoolwork, academic achievements, happiness and depression, eating is far, far, far less influenced by the self-control ability than any other behaviour. Self-control only matters half as much. Sometimes, on the outside, it may look to us that someone has an incredible ability when it comes to willpower and self-control around food. For example, you may offer a friend a slice of cake and they decline. Immediately, you feel awful and think how good their self-control is compared to yours. But it may just be that they simply aren't tempted by that specific food at all. Maybe that friend just isn't really into cake. This is what researchers call apparent self-control. Either the person doesn't want something, or they're sick of it. I used to love apricots. I ate them like sweets. One year, due to having apricot trees, I overdid it on the apricots. I put apricot in literally everything because I didn't want it to go to waste. I now no longer like apricots that much and will usually politely decline. The same goes for many foods that I used to really gorge on. We know that during pregnancy, many mothers are put off by foods they previously loved. Alternatively, things they weren't that bothered by or even liked become the most tempting thing in the world. Say, for example, you stopped enjoying chocolate brownies. If chocolate brownies were close by you, you wouldn't have been kind of able to resist that temptation to them because you didn't want them. You weren't exercising incredible self-control or willpower. You just didn't want them. This can help us to understand how some people aren't using their amazing Hulk willpower, but just actually don't fancy having that thing. Tracy Mann, a researcher, once shared that nearly every study on self-control she has ever conducted or studied has demonstrated the reasons why self-control often fails us. She has proven that there are so many variables that can affect self-control and they all fall into one category. Circumstances. Are you stressed? Are you in a good mood? Are you in a bad mood? Have you been controlling yourself in other areas all day and now you're tired? Willpower is a limited resource, which is why diets don't work. We can't muster up endless amounts of willpower. It doesn't work like that. A study was created to test this theory where people were put in a room with a plate of radishes and a plate of freshly baked cookies, still warm from the oven. The participants were told they were taking part in a study around taste perception and that they had been assigned to taste radishes. They were left alone and they of course exercised enough self-control to not taste a cookie as it was only there for a very short amount of time. The participants were then given a puzzle to solve. It was made to look really simple but it was actually really difficult. 
The group that had to resist the cookies weren't able to exercise the same amount of willpower to keep working on and figuring out the puzzle as the group who didn't have to resist cookies at all. They'd already used up a huge portion of their willpower. Even making choices depletes our ability to use self-control as we wish to. Just think how many choices we have to make in a day. Whilst we can train things like muscles to work more efficiently, for some reason, we can't amplify how much willpower we have. We are simply not made to willfully resist food, and sometimes we need to delve into this further and understand why. Because diets often talk about how we just need to use our self-control or willpower to gain results, when that just scientifically is not possible. But what about when you want to eat three pieces of chocolate cake? Well, let's focus on this specific example. If you're wanting to eat three pieces of cake, ask yourself these questions. Have you been dieting lately? Have you been restricting food in any way? If not, are you restraining yourself from doing something else in life at the moment? Food is often something we use to feel a control over life when other things aren't going to plan. Have you eaten recently? Have you eaten substantial meals and snacks today? Has anything triggered this need to eat three pieces of cake? What emotions are bubbling up for you? Often when we get the answer as to why we want to do something, that urge can subside significantly. We understand our needs better and we're then equipped to meet those needs. When we eat mindfully, we eat to a level of fullness that feels comfortable, but allows us to be hungry again in two to three hours time. Thus, eating regularly and continuously topping up those blood sugar levels. Those levels drop, our body begins to think our food is limited. Just like when we're on a diet, we go into survival mode, storing fat and sugar. Once we go past a certain hunger point, we lose all rationale to tune into what we feel like eating. Suddenly our body and mind just wants anything, the quickest, easiest hit of energy possible. If that means three slices of chocolate cake, then that's what it's going to be. As you can see, in this scenario, willpower doesn't come into it at all because we've gone past a point of hunger where we can think rationally about what we want to do. There's no changing this, but you can prevent it by tuning in, eating regularly, and eating the meals and snacks you feel like eating along with the quantity of food you feel like eating. And I know that sounds really simple. Intuitive eating in theory is simple, but the practice of it can be pretty tricky at times. We have to undo diet culture. We have to look at and dissect our beliefs around foods, ensuring that kind of separating the fact from the fiction, looking to our behaviors around food, our history of eating and why we eat the way we do, and reset that those hunger and fullness cues. And really take a look at, acknowledge and notice and bring in more foods that sustain our energy levels that make us feel like our best selves with gentle nutrition. So it's only natural that if you find this really overwhelming, that having someone to support you through this could be a really good idea and really comforting. And that's why I do what I do. I am a non-clinical certified intuitive eating coach and a certified eating psychology coach. And basically that means that I support people to heal their relationship with food. I'm a food relationship coach. And so if you'd like to work with me one-to-one, -one, 
I have spaces available to do so. And I've also got a really wonderful group program online on intuitive eating called Nourish, which involves two to three times a year and is open to everyone worldwide. To find out more, head to nourishingsoulfully.com. And if you've got any questions around healing your own relationship with food that you'd like me to answer on this podcast, we've got a Q&A episode coming up soon. So please pop those over to Peter, that's P-E-T-A, at nourishingsoulfully.com. I'm so looking forward to chatting to you next time on the podcast. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do rate and review as it helps the episode get to more people and more listeners. Until next time, remember, be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. Sending lots of love your way.